So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week is What If. My name is Jimmy, and my dad once told me a story about how my grandfather drunkenly came home and threw a shoe at him while he was sleeping, and it's still one of my favorite things that's ever happened to my dad. True story. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean, and I used to print Pez labels. Oh, my name is Jeff, and from least favorite to favorite, my list of Bo B's is Bo Biden, Bo Bridges, Bo Bison, Bo Burnham. <laughs> my name is Dan, and as a kid, my parents were very concerned about my enjoyment of starting fires. Now, as an adult, I'm just the guy who starts the bonfire. Yeah, yeah, that's I, true. I like fires, but I'm afraid of them, you as are. Dan can attest to. Yeah, we went on a camping trip, and the whole planning side was all about, like, all the meat we were going to cook on an open fire, and it was going to be, yeah, you know, so, like, caveman was going to be raw and all this stuff, and Jeff was so stoked, we bought all kinds of stuff. We got to the campground, and we quickly learned that Jeff is afraid of fire, so <laughs> he didn't want to reveal that to me, so he was trying to put, I believe, steaks on the, like, the grate over the fire, and he was throwing steaks from about five feet away. Like it was a fire. Yeah, and I was like, that's that's not going to work. I, I I do, I like creating the fire and yeah. controlling the energy. And then just moving, like, six feet away. Way. Yeah, but you could also get burned. I mean, Uncle Sean, as a as a firefighter, it's good to have a healthy respect. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. Throwing a T-bone <laughs> like a Frisbee on a yeah. fire is... Not going to cut it. Well, I don't know. There's some weird sports in the Olympics. <laughs> so, Jim. Yes. I think it should be you who introduces our guest this week. Oh, we have a very special guest. It is the one and only five-star Sean. Woo! He is the man who got us, theoretically, got us all into comic books. Hey. For the most part. Um, he, uh, he, he introduced me to the series. What if a yeah. long, long time ago? And I was like, I got to bring him on. So, well, thank you. So, yeah, uh, no problem. Big fan of the show. Thank uh, you for joining us. Everyone now, would you, out. would you be a big fan of the show if Jimmy was not on it or not your son? I'm good. Not comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I now, let me to follow up. How many other podcasts do you listen to? I listen probably about six. Okay. Oh, okay. He's a podcast okay. guy. Okay. okay, so I'm and, wrong. And getting into YouTube. Oh, yeah, he's, he he's is. He's a YouTube man. He's a YouTube man. Yeah, I, I I spend more time on YouTube than I do regular TV these days. Yeah. It's addictive. Jimmy got me into it, too. Yeah. And uh, I encourage everyone listening, if you haven't already heard our Rescue Me episode, there's some really cool stuff from Uncle Sean on there. I'm just going to keep calling him Uncle Sean. Don't know if that's professional <laughs> or not, but from Five Star Sean on there uh, talking about Rescue Me and, you know, the realism and how it checks out to a real first responder. So, yeah. yeah sorry cool I missed that. I had the whole COVID thing going on. Yeah. I mean, that's life these days. Uh-huh. Glad you're doing better. Um, yeah. When we come back, we're going to find out what he's talking himself into and the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know. I never, never, never got wow. that was, I'm nervous. That was the absolute worst segue I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's fine. That's it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine.
welcome to the part of the show that's not the other part you just heard and it's not the next part you'll hear it's this part it's the talking ourselves into toi toy Toy we are boys and we're gonna toy boy it up this week i have talked myself into something very small and very throwaway because we are forced to pick several things every time we record to talk (laughs) ourselves into and who has time who has things going on in their lives so the thing that i have talked myself into recently are nasal strips okay for sleeping for yeah, that's sleeping. what i was wondering okay yeah those don't work you know that right i don't know <laughs> i don't know if they do or not but uh there's a you know there was there was a night where the baby was like eh, i'm a baby you're not gonna sleep which is a lot of nights yeah. yeah and also on top of that she didn't wake me up but she woke up my wife and i was snoring which also kept my wife up during the moments where the baby didn't and she was uh. like can you please try breathe right strips for my sand? <laughs> the baby said that. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, she just like her <laughs> Those first, were words. first words. Can you please breathe. try breathe right strips? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. I guess so. So I bought some Walmart brand ones because they were cheaper. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they work or not. She said that my snoring sounds really bad compared to sounding really, really bad. Okay. So I guess they helped a little bit. Well, I told you years ago that you have sleep apnea. Yeah, absolutely, I do. And you just don't get it no, diagnosed I I or anything. Done that. So instead, I just bought a seven dollar thing from Walmart that I put in my nose, and it does like lift your nostrils open, so it feels kind of weird. Like you could like hmm. wiggle your nose a little bit. It might it work like better for open. you because you actually have a nose. I have no nose. You have no nose. So when I I I Who's tried one nose of those, bumps? I mean, look at it. There's like no bridge there. It's just a little button on the end. No, it's a nose. <laughs> a little button. When I tried it out, like nothing happened, but and maybe you didn't know. I mean, more power to you. Did I used to I used you? to record myself snoring. Remember? Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was wild His dreams. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Jeff, I'm I'm glad it's working out for you. I hope it I, continues I guess, to work. Yeah, I mean, I do it every night. I don't know if it makes a difference. If Lindsay keeps getting on you, she may be the only person that can encourage you to go get one of those mask things. No, that's just that's just too much. It's scary. I'll probably die before I need that anyway. There's a lot going on, you know. Yeah. Dan, what are you talking about? That was a, quite a downer at the end there. Um, I've been talking myself out of something lately. Oh, wow. I love these. I love these. And this is a sad one because just recently it was on my list as something to talk myself into. Oh, this is even better. So I've actually gone through the talking myself into and now I'm talking myself out of... Before you can even bring it up. Yeah, I'm talking myself out of growing an herb garden, guys. It's, <laughs> it's not going well. I can't grow things. Um, they were dying before... I started an herb garden. I probably spent $100 because I have to go all in. I I can't just grow like one herb like a normal person. I had to like buy a shelf, buy pots, grow like 10 herbs. Right. And uh, I got a few good weeks out of it where I was able to like, you know, clip a couple pieces of rosemary and cook with it. And I was like, this is awesome. And then just gradually they started getting like brown. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if I want to cook with these anymore. And they started shriveling up. And then I went on vacation this past week and I was like, I, I can't ask someone to like come to my house and water plants. That's like such an old lady thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I just put a lot of water in there and I moved them out of direct sunlight. <laughs> They're all dead now. <laughs> and I'm not going to I'm not going to try to bring them back. Like, I'm just going to throw them out at this point. It's just I'm just going to buy herbs at the grocery store like a normal person. I, I think, think this is my favorite thing that you've done. I'm so defeated. I've tried this so many times. I had a small window planter a couple years ago. The same thing happened. I don't know why. I'm going to blame it on the water quality of Naugatuck water. Yeah, that's it. And just say that that's why. But yeah, I have a black thumb and I, I just have to give up on this. It's too expensive. 
Jim, what are you talking yourself into? So I talked about it before. Um, It wasn't necessarily a talking myself into uh, because I was talking myself into getting a new job. Yeah. But uh, I've been talking myself into uh, Adobe After Effects. Oof. And um, it is a beast of a program. And I don't enjoy it a lot. But I've been starting to learn it a little bit better. So um, I'm definitely more uh, familiar with it now. I know kind of a little bit more of the basis of how it works and uh i don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than uh i've been talking myself into it so now that your comfort level has increased do you appreciate it as software or no. you still think it's crap oh yeah no it's still shitty i don't like it um but i know how to use it now a little bit yeah. better so at least you're like i don't like this but i can not like right. it faster yes exactly okay i like that thank you dad what are you talking yourself into this week so I have listened to you guys talk about what you're talking yourselves into and recategorizing your record collection. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. So I am redoing my entire collection. Comic book collection. Comic books. Oh. Yeah, you have been. So pretty much since um, since you were born, Jim, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's been a 26 year process with a few moves in between. <laughs> yeah, um, I came real close to selling the entire collection when we moved the last time. Yeah, uh, I had made a couple of phone calls and fortunately nobody called me back. <laughs> so I moved 22 long boxes from <gasps> one end of the city of Derby to the other. Um, but. And sorry, Jim, but your collection has kind of migrated into mine. Oh, right. Um, I thought you were going to do an actual sorry, Jim, there. I was getting no. ready to mark it. Well, I, you could. Um, <laughs> so, so you're trying sorry, to tell Jim. me that now is not a huge seller's market for comic books? It, well, I made a couple of phone calls. Surprisingly, nobody called me back. Wow. I just sold one issue for $2,600. Well, <laughs> Jeff's great. <laughs> Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so, I, and grading comics. Yeah. And getting the whole uh, process of getting everything sent in to be CGC. Graded. CGC yeah. and um, not seeing your book for six months. And, yeah, and right. it comes back with at least a nine. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I've listened to you guys talk about your record collections and how it's categorized. So, just Spider-Man alone has six different titles. Yeah, that's the worst about <laughs> comics. So do you do it all Spider-Man? Do you do it Amazing Spider-Man, alphabetical, and then Web of Spider-Man's all the way at the back of the... Yeah, it's... It... I, like, I have an OCD thing about collecting, and I really had to let that go when I redid my comic collection because, like, I think I mentioned it... I don't know if it was on mic or if I just said to Jeff, but, like, if I have one Robin miniseries of six issues, I'm never going to remember to look under R. So that goes with, like... Bat, at the end of Batman, I have like Robin, Catwoman, Joker. That seems way more confusing. If it's a Robin miniseries, why would you not just look under R? Because I want to see like what I have when I look at that's the Bat family. And I'm like, oh, OK, there's <laughs> all the Bat family. That's books. crazy. It's not uh, the, correct. The way I do it like with the Ninja Turtles IDW. Dan has all these collected versions here. Right. And they're collected in a reading like, order, yeah, which is really order. nice. They put the micro series in where it's yeah, supposed and, to take and they regularly update lists if you don't know like how to read them. So right. that's just how I keep them in my short boxes. So what's your methodology, Uncle Sean? <sighs> I don't have one yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's the decision is. Yeah. So I I think I'm going to try to do everything together. Um, otherwise, you wind up with three boxes of miscellaneous crap. Mm, right. That, that's all shoved together. So power pack. Oh God, I have. 
one. <laughs> you have a lot of power pack. Yeah, that was going to be a winner. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's what I'm talking. Well, I've been talking myself into that forever. I mean, that's a struggle for a home collection. I think you got to grant yourself a little leeway as to like what feels more comfortable to you. Like, again, I'm sure my way. Well, I know my way is incorrect. If I went to a store and they did that, I'd be like a bunch of savages. Yeah, you'd be like, Do you have any Robin? Yeah, it's under <laughs> bees in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually went to a, a, a show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dollar bins and key books. Nothing was in alphabetical order. No, uh, they don't do that, which yeah. I don't look at. It was horrible. It's not worth it. Yeah, I can't bring myself to do that for comics. I, I'll i do it with records, weirdly. But I don't know. I think there's just like more of a chance of finding a gem when it comes to a record collection. There's a lot of worthless crap comics. Absolutely. Because like, I have them all. <laughs> <laughs> not even value-wise, but just like, what even is this character? What publisher is this? What were you thinking about? Yeah. Power pack. Uh, really? <laughs> it's crazy. My dad bought solely on the covers. Like, it was like, it's a cool cover. I'm buying a shit ton of these. I have number You're ones. the reason for variance. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have... 20 issues of Ghost Rider 15 with a glow-in-the-dark cover. Woo! I'm cornering the market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. so funny. I mean, there was a time when I had expendable income where if, like, an issue came out that I liked, I'd buy every variant cover. And then when I went through my comic collection, I'm like, I can't. I can't keep all these. No, and there's, some of them have 20 different first cover issues. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Marvel's not cashing in at all. And then the funny thing is, like, the series isn't even successful. So there's, like, 20 covers of issue one, three covers of issue two, and then the book's canceled after issue three. Absolutely. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) What if... Powerful intro. <laughs> I was gonna try and say something funny. You better but... put some effects on that. <laughs> yeah. So today, what if Jimmy came prepared. Yeah, exactly. So today we are talking about the very popular comic book series, soon to be animated television show on Disney. Uh, I don't know. And at time of this episode coming right. out, the let series... me let me say it. Arguably. It's in the cultural zeitgeist. Yes. Oh. Bingo. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> you all for saying that every goddamn episode oh boy i mean the show is very much in the cultural zeitgeist at this point (laughs) i had a buddy who was like because on his podcast i I was on it or whatever and he said something about like as jimmy fitch would say it's very much in the cultural zeitgeist i'm like i don't say that dan says that (laughs) my sister listens to the podcast sporadically just like if there's an episode she's interested in the subject and she's like what is a cultural zeitgeist (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, learn your German, bro. Yeah. So I wanted to bring on Five Star Sean, a.k.a. my dad, uh, on this episode because he got me into the What If comics a long, long time ago. And um, we wanted to do an episode on it because it's coming up because there's going to be an animated television show on it. And it's a weird, like, blank spot in my nerddom. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, you've read What If comics. Yeah. You enjoy them, Jimmy, same, Uncle Sean, obviously, you collect them. I read a lot of um, DC Elseworlds, which I think is the DC equivalent. I mean, it's less structured, like the What If series, from what I know, I mean, you guys tell me, what ties these What If sort of one-shots together? Uatu. 
the watcher yeah that's pretty much it yeah it, they basically take an idea they're like hey what if captain america uh came out of uh uh, hibernation or whatever in the ice uh, at a different time or whatever. They basically it's the way you said that concept. sounds like you're just coming up with this idea, but it's the issue you literally. <laughs> yes, <disagree>. it was. <laughs> <It's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> they basically just come up with like a random like question, basically, yeah. and they they structure an issue around it. And uh, they usually take like an, an event that happened in like the series, um, and then they'll sh- try and show different outcomes for usually it. Usually, a milestone event, mm. right? I remember one of the classic what ifs, I, I just seeing it in comic shows and probably at Uncle Sean's house was the what if Peter Parker and Mary Jane hadn't been married or had been married. Yep, that's a bit I forget one. what it was, but I remember the cover. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what what I think they've done, for, to my knowledge, with the use of the Watcher is they've been able to tell these like alternate storylines, but they're still kind of in continuity. Yes. Because they're multiversal, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, it it follows a timeline. Um, basically, it's it's almost historical fiction mm. based on the Marvel universe. Their universe, right? Sometimes they'll even do like spinoff series and stuff too, if based on like popularity and right, stuff. Right. Yeah. See, that's interesting to me because I read the Elseworlds and they don't try to connect anything. They're fun and some of them are better than no, others. That, that's how I got into it too. Like I know what if, and I might have read some, but when I was first getting into comics in the early two thousands, it was Elseworlds. Yeah. Because they were like the they're like maxi issues. Yeah. And they had nice printing. Gotham by Gaslight is one of my favorite yeah, ones. Yeah. And they went very thematic because with what if there's a lot. So some of them are spotty. And I mean, there's some spotty Elseworlds too, but Elseworlds seemed, it seemed more like an event mm. when one of those came out than when What If came out. Was but, Superman yeah. Under the Red Sun an Elseworlds or was that a one shot on its own? I don't know. I think but it started out as an Elseworlds. I think yeah. it was an Elseworlds. That was a DC version of a What If. Yeah. yeah. And I did, as I told Jimmy off mic, the only experience I have with What If were not really part of the What If series. They were... What if Stan Lee created the DC universe? Yeah. And those were very, very bad. bad. Yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> bad. they were just like, it felt like they went up to Stan Lee, who was already an elderly man at the time these were published. <laughs> and they were like, okay, Stan, what would Robin be to you? And he's like a superhero. It's like literally just the only thing about it that's Robin is the name Robin. He's like right. a superhero who flies. He's the Robin. That's awesome. So there's a lot of that. Like, what would Aquaman be if Stanley created him? And the answer is bad. Almost all of them are bad. Aquaman in any version is going to be bad. Yeah, but I mean, all of them. Like, Batman is literally like a guy with a bat's head for a hat head. Um, <laughs> a which, bat's head for a hat? Yeah, I mean, you know, he Stanley bat's head. Stanley was, like, obviously important historically for what he did, what he created with these other artists and things like that. But in the um, late 1990s to approach him and obviously like it felt like they were just spitballing ideas didn't really work for me. But you guys are here to talk me into the what if series at large. So, Uncle Sean, I want to know when you started getting into these because when they came out. Yeah. uh, 1977. uh, They what if number one came out and it was what if Spider-Man had actually joined the Fantastic Four. Yep. And again, it's another milestone event. Amazing Spider-Man number one was... Crossover. It was a crossover with the Fantastic Four uh-huh. and Spider-Man asking to join the Fantastic... Because he wanted to make money. Oh, okay. 
Um, oh, were the Fantastic Four getting paid at that time? No, but he thought they were. Oh, that's <laughs> so, funny. Comic so Peter Parker wanted to make some extra yeah. cash and figured he could do it web slinging for the Fantastic Four. So that that book, obviously, it, it in Amazing Spider-Man number one, he never joined the Fantastic right. Four. Right. But so that Marvel said, let's see what happens if he actually did join. And it's very... Um, We'll, we'll talk about it later, but it, it, it correlates with some of the other stuff you guys have looked at. Mm. Um, I've made some some observations over the, 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 you know, listening to your podcast. And and you asked earlier, it's how I actually keep up with what the hell my son's doing. <laughs> so I hear a lot what's going on. Jim, but, text your dad sometimes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for Christ's so, sake. Um, but it's it's got this... Uh, other worlds feel to it. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about it as we, we discuss the, the different issues. Um, and Marvel now is actually taking some of these characters and some of this stuff and putting it into their other media. Right. The MCU is now bringing Jane Foster into um, into the MCU as Lady Thor. Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That came out as a what if book. Okay. That's uh, And that book is, by the way, skyrocketing in price. I'm sure. As you can imagine. A yeah. lot of those Spider-Mans, too, like, a lot of them appeared in, like, the Spider-Verse movie, you know? Yeah. Right. And I think, um, you know, at the time of recording this, just within the last few days, there was an interview with, um, now, nah, of course, I'm going to forget his name. Who's the head honcho of the MCU? Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. And, um, like, casual fans or non-fans were pretty shocked to find out that the What If cartoon is in continuity. It's it's in-universe. Yeah. Because right. mm. these are different multi multiverses that they're giving us a glimpse into. Yeah, and I mean, slight spoilers for Loki and uh, WandaVision and stuff, but yeah. like they're definitely divulging into the multiverse. Right. Um. So yeah, I think this is a cool time to get into what if because it feels like Marvel's way of almost like trying out ideas to see like if this is a hit Can or this not become continuity at some what's point what's gonna stick to the wall right yeah. and i've already heard in that same interview kevin feige was like hey if someone falls in love with a um uh what's her name agent um agent carter captain mm -hmm. carter captain britain thing maybe we'll see a live action miniseries or something like that right so i think the what if cartoon series is going to serve much of the same role as the uh comic book series so when like we come there, back, there's a Marvel or, Zombies episode. I saw of that. What yeah. if, but Marvel Zombies wasn't a what if. Mm. No, it was just like a, thing. a different parallel universe. Yeah, right. That was a good first arc. And then it went way too <laughs> and far. Then Hot Topic loved it and they drove it into the ground. <laughs> yeah. 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 Didn't it turn into Marvel Apes? Oh, there was a Marvel Apes. And now there's a. That you for <laughs> <laughs> and now there's deceased which is like mm -hmm. so original <laughs> yeah they, they didn't jump on that bandwagon yeah. yeah yeah uh so when we come back you guys are going to be talking me into a few specific issues of what if we yes. want to run those down sure uh dad what was the uh your pick uh my pick was what if uh on the volume one series one uh issue number three what if the avengers never had been Ooh, okay, that's fun. Uh, my pick, aka my dad's second pick, because I couldn't think of one, <laughs> is uh, what if number 44? It is what if Captain America were revived today, which is aka 1984. <laughs> Love it. And I picked a more recent one that will hopefully pull Dan into it because he's familiar with the source material. What if Civil War? There was a major motion picture film on it, so other people might be familiar with the source material as well. Yeah. 
Okay. When we come back, we're going to be spoiling those three issues along with probably other tidbits from other What If series. So uh, check them out. They're available on Comixology and, and your local library. Yeah, Kindle. Kindle. Well, they yeah. did just release all of the OG What Ifs in Omnibuy. Omnibuy? Oh, that's, that's how I read it. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Okay, fellas, hopefully you've gone and read some What If, and now you're here, and we're going to spoil it. Starting with Uncle Sean's pick, we read What If the Avengers Had Never Been. Um, So why did you pick this one? Because you were tasked with picking one issue of a series that you love. That's hard. Yeah. So this, well, it was literally the first one that I, when I was going through my collection, and there this is, and... I had one, two, and now uh, three, but as I I sold my collection out a long time ago to buy a car, um, <laughs> and I've been rebuilding it ever since, mm-hmm. this this issue um, popped out, and it, it really was the start of the Avengers. Um, the Hulk was originally the, you know, in the group. Uh, the MCU makes the Hulk a lot more... Uh, a presence than he really was ever mm-hmm. in the comic book. He was mm-hmm. really only an Avenger for two or three issues. Mm. That's true, yeah. And Cap wasn't an Avenger for the first several issues. Uh, yeah. Issue four, he came back. Yep. Yep. So, in this, uh, with the Avengers being so popular uh, with with the MCU, and as I, I, I've thumbed through this book again, uh, it really looked like something that it's intriguing. It's it's what if they never got together? Yeah, this is tying all of the characters together along with Submariner, mm-hmm. who yep. you know hasn't made it to the MCU yet, but I have a feeling that will come around really soon. Yeah, um, and and takes that whole twist. And I, I alluded to in the previous uh, segment, it really is like almost like a Twilight Zone. Mm. And, yeah, and that's true. each one of these endings comes out almost like a Twilight Zone ending. Yeah. Mm. So as I as I read through, I said this is this is probably the antithesis of what if, and especially with the MCU of of what would have happened if the Avengers had never gotten together. And we should say right off the bat that you chose an issue with a pretty incredible pedigree. Uh, Jim Shooter wrote yep. this issue, and Gil Kane drew it. Yep. I mean, for Silver Age, you know, classic comics, you, you don't get much better than that. No, and, and you know, spoiler, the, these, this is probably one of the best drawn, best written um, of all of the what-ifs. There, there's some really good issues out there, but as far as the artwork goes, it's never been really terrific. And, and That's true. Um, it's because this was an issue that was never a specific to a, a specific writer or artist. Right. So it was who could get pulled from the bullpen to do the ink work and do the artwork for a what if. Right. So you're not having the uh, Sal Bishuma do the the Spider-Man or, um, you know, go back to the Kirby days. Yeah. Kirby never did anything with what if. Mm-hmm. So. Because uh, they weren't, guys weren't coming to Marvel like these, you know, high quality guys going like, I can't wait to sink my teeth into a what if issue. No, right. that's no, not no, like no. the way it worked. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, right off the bat, I do want to comment on the art because I was impressed. I'm not a huge Silver Age guy. I think there's some things that are done better than others. But Gil Kane's pencils on this issue, he manages to like do a really good job like getting action sequences. There's a cool panel of uh, Submariner fighting uh, the Hulk where Submariner's like shooting out of the water and there's like this jet of water and Hulk is coming downwards and they're like meeting in the middle and crashing. That stuff is awesome. There's also really good close up like acting work. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, because a lot of this, Mm. a lot of this issue is action, but there is some like face close ups of Mm -hmm. Tony Stark and just like that are pretty strong. Yeah. And and the coloring, too, because, I mean, you're limited to the CMKY, whatever it was, whatever it is. But the way that they use those like specific, like the blues to show shadows is really cool. It's also easy to see why hulk although he wasn't featured in the plot as much became a fan favorite because that green in these original like old school colors just like leaps off the page and the different gradations of green that they're using um as far as the plot it's a little convoluted for me um this issue feels longer than it is and i think that's because it uh, they're able to establish like so much plot with less dialogue than what we say and see in modern comics where we grew up on like Bendis comics where, where it's guys all dialogue. are just like characters. They're just yeah, talking character work. for like three pages before they do the thing. And now they're compressing that into like one panel. Tony Stark's like the Avengers have disbanded. So I'll create a suit of uh, <laughs> you you know, know, Iron Man or whatever. Right. And like that's done in one panel or yeah. like a couple panels. Um, that would be four issues basically leading yeah. up to one issue <laughs> yeah like, right. you spend twenty dollars to read it i but, definitely like i don't read a ton of silver age comics and stuff i did when i was a kid but like there's something like charming about that for sure oh i read so many when i was a kid it would take yeah. me like a week to read one issue because i was stupid and couldn't read and <laughs> yeah so many words i mean like a comic back in the day that it was like one solid story like occasionally they would have arcs right but like every issue is like oh this is the vulture issue you know but yeah, I mean, as far as plot, Uncle Sean, you want to like go through briefly like where this issue takes us. <laughs> I mean, I think the conceit of where it, where it goes off the rails from what really happened in in our universe continuity is that um, when the Hulk leaves, rather than draw the rest of the Avengers together, it sort of divides them. Right. Hank Pym kind of turns around and says, "Hey, he's, it's free will, man. Yeah, he's we don't out. have right. to do. You know, he's, we don't have to be a volunteer Avengers. basis. Right. He's bailing. Nope. No big deal. And then Thor says. I have stuff to do on Asgard. Yeah. I, uh, beat it. I'm <laughs> See out. See Yeah. Peace, deuce. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> out of here. And it leaves the the other three, uh, Hank Pym, uh, Janet Van Dyne as a wasp. Um, well, two and a half, really. Right, right. Because of the size and, and, and they because of the way really, that they just dismiss her. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and and they really dismiss the f- <laughs> sorry, Jim, <laughs> yeah. out of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like... <clears throat> I mean, part of it, I feel, was done tongue-in-cheek, right. poking fun at the way she was written in the regular Avengers books. Right. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here where... It's like Don Draper wrote this copy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Jen. You, the, the adults are talking. Yeah, basically. Like, yeah. Go, go wait over there. Yeah. We'll decide who's the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Cook Thanks. us a meal. Make us sandwich. And even on her side of things, like, her first response when she's confronted with, like, a suit of Iron Man that she can wear one, she's like, it's not my color. I know. I'm like, right. oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, Tony Stark is now left alone. Mm-hmm. And here's another another really 1977 kind of he gets a video call from Submariner. Yeah. 
from yeah. a rock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so, him and Hulk are like, we're challenging you to yeah. a fight. Right. They, they <laughs> pull out their 1977 do. version of uh, FaceTime. Mm. And, yeah. You know, pretty much. Just happened to be able to dial up. There was, start. A, there was a comment he made. It's like, since we can communicate with each other yeah. right. using this technology. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, Fish Face. Um, so they they all of a sudden now have this, uh, you know, Tony's by himself and okay, I'm going to go fight him by myself and yeah. charge up my armor and, and gets his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and again, the artwork there, uh, when, when you know, they leave him beaten and, and pile in the rocks, part, and the armor, tone, uh, the, the Iron Man armor makes this, this is the first version of the not gold armor in the comic books. Right. This yeah. is the, the new version, pointy face yeah. yes. uh, Iron Man armor. Um, which nobody really in the in this version of the Silver Age had drawn. Huh. Gil Kane had never driv- drawn that before. Yeah, um, there was a time uh, Jack Kirby drew Iron Man with a nose. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, the, the, the Iron Man with a nose. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, the the artwork really kind of picks up something that you never saw in those early books. So. That's something else about what if you're looking backwards yeah. at some really rudimentary art, um, when you, especially the Steve Ditko version of, of Spider-Man, when they did right. what if in number one, it was a different artist doing that artwork. So mm-hmm. it, it was kind of interesting to see. And again, this this artwork was, was really on point. So Tony Stark um, comes back, makes armor for everybody. They all come back. They try it out. Tony's a dick to everybody, and they all said, screw you, you're on your own. Yeah. Right. And that's when he goes off by himself. The rest of them said, ah, we can't let Tony do this alone. They they all fly in. And they reintroduce another uh, character here, Rick Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I totally forgot about. I was like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot. He was like a big thing with uh, Hulk back right? in the day. Well, he's always been the, he's the, the consummate sidekick. Yeah. Right. Um, he did. He was a, a sidekick to the Hulk for a while. He was a sidekick to Captain America, his version of Bucky in the, the Silver mm-hmm. Age. And then um, Rick Jones was also the alter ego for Captain Marvel. Mm. Uh, when, oh, yeah. When Marvel hit the the ultra bands, they switched spots. And Rick It's Jones. interesting that I'm not a huge... I wasn't super aware of Rick Jones. Like, I kind of remember that he was like a friend of Bruce Banner or something. Um but the thing that struck me is they're using him. It feels like these comics were still being written primarily for a male audience, like a young age boy. And a lot of the ways that they would use Betty Ross in years to come is how this Rick Jones characters were, was written. Like he can find that, the Hulk. Yeah. The Hulk's not going to hurt me. Like right. Bruce was secretly things. in love with him. <laughs> I mean, they cuddled yeah. at night. There could be that, but uh, yeah, I mean, basically he's what turns the tide because Hulk and Submariner are winning the winning the fight. Right, right. And, and uh, when he hears uh, Rick's voice coming from inside one of the iron suits and that he's being beaten up, basically, that's when he turns on Submariner. And he's like, he's just a kid. Right, right. Our fun little quest to kill the Avengers is not, not so fun anymore. <laughs> not um, so much. The Hulk was smarter in this issue than I thought he was. Well, I haven't read a lot of those early issues. The Hulk back in that time period had some uh he was he was more intelligent right than, than the hulk smash yeah right 
he basically comes across as like an average to below right. average intelligence guy. Right. So uh, there was a story arc in Hulk. Incredible Hulk, the Gray Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. and he was more of a a con artist than uh -huh. he was, you know, stupid Hulk. Yeah. So anyway, uh, in in this, Tony Stark is totally beaten up. He's he's got one reserve pack left. Um, giant man takes a beating and is down for the count. He's only one person that can really turn this around. Tony Stark crawls his way up and, and puts his juice into giant man's armor. Giant man mm -hmm. reawakens, smartens up and figure out, figures out how to beat the Hulk. Um, but as, like I said, the, the turn of this at the end is Tony Stark didn't survive. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty dark for an issue like this. Well, that's yeah. what's great about what ifs because characters can and will die. Yeah. No, I like this issue a lot. Um, for me, the redeeming quality was the art because even when at some points the dialogue was a little jilted or a little, you know, corny for what I'm used to, those action sequence like really tied it together and kept me thumbing through the pages. Mm -hmm. And I really love the the final scene with Tony Stark, the way he's drawn and the way it's acted. I mean, it's weird to talk about acting, acting but right. the performance right. on the face of the character <clears throat> and just the way that scene is laid out is really strong. And uh, yeah, I like this issue a lot. I thought it was a fun twist. And like you said, the, the fact that Tony dies at the end gives it some real gravitas that even though earlier in the issue it feels like a bit of just like a romp like a lark like hey mm -hmm. these let's see them fight again with different circumstances and right. oh cool they have armor suits well yeah that's cool too like that's a, that's a lot of the appeal of what if to me just like alternate mm -hmm. costumes and yeah some yeah. cool stuff yeah um, i thought it was cool that they had they all had iron man costumes or whatever i was like that's something that, that the mcu tony would with have new done. powers too rick, right rick jones cool can too. somehow like phase yeah phase i mm -hmm. mean that's stuff that probably they were kicking around that idea and then vision came about um, right. <laughs> things like that. So yeah, that was a fun issue. And then I went right into uh, Jimmy's pick, which apparently was also a Sean pick. Yes. Which <laughs> was um, what if, which apparently was written in the last four years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like it. Uh, <laughs> what if Captain America were not revived until today? Yes. AKA 1984. And this again had, a pretty strong pedigree. I'm not yep. super familiar with Peter Gillis as a writer, but uh, Sal Bushema, Buskema, I'm not sure to pronounce it. Bush but I think it's Bushima. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty well-known Marvel artist of that time period. I love the cover art on it, too. Like, it looks modern. It does, yeah. It harkens back to, like, some of those, like, um, Brubaker, like, Death of Captain America yep. issues. Feels like that. It's almost like they were inspired by it. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I know. Jim, you want to go through sort of what the plot was on this? Yep. So this issue, um, basically the watcher is saying like, you know, in our timeline, uh, Captain America was revived and in Avengers number four. And he sort of got to be like a steadying hand through the tumult of the 60s and right. things like that. Exactly. Um, but in this uh, universe, um, uh, Submariner never found him. So um, he was he's basically stayed in ice for the next 20 years, basically. Mm hmm. And um, because of that, um, somebody revives a clone version of Captain America and Bucky. The um, Cap and Bucky of the 50s. Yes. I think that's pretty much what we know them as today. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, yep. And then um, because of that, everybody obviously thinks that they're the real Captain America and Bucky. And um, they were apparently driven to be 
anti-communist basically nazis they they became um racist as yeah Yeah. sorry jim yeah sorry jim so (laughs) they became political figures and for the wrong side like the strong sermons and is this the cap that went on to become u.s agent in the comics no okay it's a different one but I remember there was an alternate Cap who went like super right wing and right. they sort of shelved him. And I guess in the Marvel Universe, he was literally like shelved. Him and Bucky were in a museum <laughs> somewhere. Yes. Um, I was a little confused because that's like a gray area of my Cap knowledge. So the the 50s Cap, uh, you got to remember Timely timely Comics, which is Marvel Comics mm. in, the, in the 40s and the early 50s. Um, once the war years were done they didn't really have a Captain America yeah. or a use for Captain America. Um, so that they did revive him as uh, in the books uh, as a Nazi. They were still rehashing the whole World War II stuff. Um, and when Marvel decided that they were, they were canning Captain America um, and bringing him back, they came up with this timeline of he was either a clone or um they were surgically uh facial right right to make them look like cap and bucky um the problem is is whatever super soldier formula that they were given was never really the erskine Mm. formula and it it made them not as politically correct as they should be um i mean we've seen the ramifications of that play out recently in the mcu with the falcon and the winter soldier right if you don't take the good juice the erskine juice right it's it could uh make you go crazy basically right Right. or bring out the worst qualities in you so that that version of cap and bucky were literally put on ice yeah and in this issue of what if they're revived Mm -hmm. and brought back by some somebody in the government who wants to see an agenda fulfilled. Right, right. I have to say, they do a good job in here of showing sort of how people become, like, polarized and, you know, activated in these uh, extreme right-wing circles. They're kind of seduced into it. So initially, the first few appearances of this Cap and Bucky are like, okay, they seem a little, you know, hard line, but... You know, they still want the right things. Uh, they're talking about, like, you know, stomping out the commies, which we all love that idea. Love it. <laughs> uh, Get rid of f- those commie pinkos, Jim. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, it's the time period. Uh, but then, like, as it goes along, they start to ally themselves with this uh, very, uh, what would you call? I mean, let's let's choose our words carefully here because... We're reading it through the context of make America great again and stuff, which, right. which, at, so this came out in 84. Yes. That whole make America great, great concept was a Reagan began thing. Yep. with Reagan. So, I mean, hey, Ronnie it, it Reagan is, yeah. is, uh, but, uh, I mean, they're like a pro America, America first, America first. Yeah. Like, uh, anti immigrant. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We see allegories of this throughout time. Yeah. Modern day Republicans. <laughs> you can say it. Back then, they were extremist Nazis. Today, they're just, they're just half of the government. Yeah, they're just, yeah. Um, but anyways, the government. I, I yeah. think they did a good job of showing how this cap can be radicalized. And uh, he's, I mean, it's in his interest. It's He's gaining power. He's gaining. Right. So do you mean to tell me that people who are like D-list celebrities... 
use the Republican Party to gain more fame and power? I mean, do you mean to tell me that's that could happen? To Scott Bayo spoke at Scott RNC. <laughs> I'm laughing now, but he'll be president one day. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I'll I mean, be dead. Thank God, I'll be dead. <laughs> Plot-wise, obviously, the real Cap gets thawed out. He gets introduced to what is my favorite section of the comic, which he gets introduced to the Harlem Underground. Yes, this is so badass. This is basically yeah. Nick Fury, Spider-Man, and a bunch of like I Sam mean, Flip Wilson. Yeah, Flip Wilson. <laughs> And then, like, a bunch of, like, awesome. pseudo-Black Panthers who yeah. are living in, like, the walled-off ghetto of, right. of Harlem. and Wearing, uh, wearing berets. Yeah. And, yep. Also, well, I love how when he was thawed, there was, like, a black sailor that tried to smash his head in with a wrench. Yeah. And he didn't know why. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's like, wait, Nazis have taken over America? <laughs> yeah. Not on my watch. Yeah, I mean, that's the writing was, cool was so too. good. He literally and, like, and using like the A on their helmets as a new swastika. Yeah. I was like, yeah. man, this is what what if is supposed to be about. Yeah, this one did feel like you're like Uncle Sean was alluding to like a Twilight Zone episode, yeah, especially yeah, sure. yep. with the political intrigue, yep. uh, the dark ramifications of these. I don't know. I just like I like when Captain America wasn't about the politics. <laughs> it's just so woke culture today. Yeah, I actually, it's funny, Jeff, you recently tweeted something about that. I actually had an argument with someone in a comic book store a week ago. You told us about that yeah. off mic, and it was very good. Uh, a guy was in a comic book store. Brief version. Yeah. Brief version. Every other guy in the comic book store was clearly, like, progressive leaning. And this guy decided to stand in the middle of the comic book store and hold court about what's wrong with nerd culture today. And about... Primarily how Jodie Whittaker is the downfall of Doctor Who. Anyways, where it ended up was that the United States of Captain America is pandering to woke culture because this miniseries introduces a black female cap, uh, transgender, you know, LGBT cap, all these things. And he's like, the comics were never about that. And I'm Which like, is funny because I'm going to I'm going to read you the picture that I posted from yes. this issue of Captain America. This is saying, a panel from this. Well, I say America is nothing without its ideals, its commitment to the freedom of all men. America is a piece of trash. A nation is nothing. A flag is a piece of cloth. But that's not politics. No. So not my politics. argument, he was like, Captain America was never about politics. And I was like, well, America's in his name. So <laughs> and he literally was created as propaganda. Yes. But I mean, let's get to the heart of what this issue is sort of addressing, which is to me, the writers who understand Captain America best understand that he does not represent the government or a flag. He represents the American ideal. Yes. And the fight for freedom, justice, and equality. And that's what this issue captures. Yep. And Cap should be fighting on the side of the freedom fighters, not the totalitarian regime. So that's basically what this issue... You know, I mean, it even ends with people applauding him and he's like, no! I know. Don't do that! <laughs> that that's awesome. why we're here, you idiots! Like, stop following me just because I have a flag on my chest. <laughs> Yeah, but this issue's great. I mean, this was, spoiler alert, this was my favorite out of the three. I never read this before, and I love this. Yeah, yeah. it was really good, was yeah. Great. This is a good pick. And unfortunately, this is, I think there were only two more issues after this. Really? And then the this version of What If, Volume 1, ended. Yeah. And um, then they kind of did, like, they would, I think they called it by, like, years, like, What If, Volume 8, or whatever, is like 2007 to 9 or something. I was curious, when reading this, about what the comic fandom was like at the time. Because right now, comic fandom is pretty divided between, like, super liberal progressives. That's everything, because the internet gives these people... Yeah. Pieces. Well, there's no... 
there's very little in the middle anymore and, and i i put myself squarely in the middle yeah um and the at the time that this was written and and what if number three which was 1977 um we were all just fat nerd guys in our basement with a cb radio <laughs> and and um you know well, this is really a good comic. This is <laughs> awesome. I can't wait till the next issue. Right. Um, that stuff, uh, you know, we we really weren't looking at the the political side of it, and yeah. we were kind of getting talked into the political side. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, shit. I I think I learned more about World War II by reading The Invaders. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what good science fiction is. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's it wasn't as polarized as it is today i think that's a good point also there was no like jeff said there was no internet for the vocal minority to be like black characters shouldn't be saying this in comics if they had those opinions they were probably quietly muttering them to themselves well i mean look at it now if so one of the characters that is in the next issue that's coming up um black goliath Uh could you come out with a black goliath today I mean, there's that moment in Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show series where the kid is like, it's Black Falcon. Falcon. And he's like, no, it's just Falcon. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that happened. Black Lightning, mm-hmm. DC. Yeah. Right. Um, we didn't have a Puerto Rican Flash. Yeah. You know, uh, there, there were some divisions. There were, there were trying to, I think, bring some diversity but in a 1970s, 1980s version. And also well, likely in, written by in, and edited by white guys. So actually, that, that's their true. idea of what the black power movement would look like. Well, in that time, black exploitation was huge right. yeah. in the black community. And I mean, it was a lot of white executives. It's like, let's get black money. Here's a character for you, Black Light. Yeah, like, black look Goliath. at right. early versions that's of Luke Cage. He's right. like oh, a yeah. black exploitation oh, guy. Yeah. He's basically Absolutely. superhero Shaft. Well, Misty Knight. Yeah his his partner yeah you know that was oh god i can't remember the name of the uh the character on that they made the movies on but th- there was a direct correlation yeah like jackie Dolomite. brown yep jackie brown that's yeah it. yep so yeah i mean it, i think this issue was a good read especially in the context of where we're at today i i would love to have had this issue at the, at the forefront of my mind when i was talking to that guy in that comic store <laughs> it doesn't matter you could show proof all you want and there's always oh yeah he'd be like, it's, it's not my cap <laughs> yeah i mean the art in this i thought was really good too yeah um i talking about how in um issue three how they're drawing the uh the kind of classic costumes and stuff too i mean they showed basically avengers number four how they were like thawing out cap and stuff like that and they had to go back to those old costumes so mm. that's where i noticed it as well and this is 1984 and they had to go back in that there's so, some little cool. funny things too like i love um in in like the evil cap and bucky's version of the avengers which is like the something five i forget yeah. what it was it's and i love how it's just like some random characters and then hawkeye yeah which is very like, funny is that really hawkeye is he just a nazi now or like yeah. did they just get another guy who can shoot a bow and arrow really yeah. well that and, kind of flashed me back to the boys yeah it yeah. definitely felt yeah. like that like hero gasm stuff like that um but yeah and then there's the the random woman who's like the golden girl or something yeah she's just an actress yeah and like spider-man <laughs> goes to web her up and cap's like she's just an actress let her go she just runs away <laughs> she's just eye candy yeah yeah 
So yeah, I mean, it was a fun issue. It had a great message, great art. I really enjoyed that one. Speaking of like not great art. No, it's not great art. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's not good. But I mean, the what if is about the story and like right. cool stuff. That's well, true. first and, off, and a lot of these, like we said before, they were just like whoever in the bullpen drew them. These what ifs. We should you know, say what we're talking about. What, what if Civil, Civil War? war there really was two. I read yeah, both. Yeah. The first one is... I mean, how would you describe it? What well, it's, if, it's literally called what if Captain America led all the heroes against registration? Yeah. So in this what if Captain Captain America, uh, well, in the real what if Captain America is against registration and Tony Stark is pro registration. Right. In this, Tony had died to the extremist extremist. Armor. Yeah, yep. virus in him. So there's no counterpoint. Right. So it's just all the all, heroes all against Cap. registration. So they're all for it. And I mean, we could get into it more, but the brief part of it is, is that the government comes out with Sentinels. There's yeah. like a, a mass murder of heroes. Yeah. Which they so can't Spider-Man do. is just dead. He's yeah. just f***ing dead. Sorry, Sorry Jim. Jim. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like the first three pages spider-man I, is dead i know that's <laughs> can what you I love string about me along if. a little <laughs> yeah well the thing that i actually liked about it was it was a, such an unceremonious end which is how it would be in real life like if the government yeah. was going to take down an extremist group they wouldn't have a huge battle in an open u.s city right no you just drop bombs on them. exactly right. and that's what they did they would just like yeah. sneak they a bomb sent, into they their sent in a sentinel which i don't know if it was like reprogrammed like right self-destruct or yeah. whatever um so shoot spider-man you're like oh shit spider-man's dead and then it explodes and you're like oh they're all dead <laughs> a lot of them are dead um but i couldn't so that explosion took out and there was never a really a good body count. No, no. They kind of said like, oh, Daredevil and this. You know, Sue died. Storm died because Johnny Storm references it later. Well, and, right. You did mention the art. There was some really awkward art. Oh, of, of Reed, Reed like Richards. Richards. Melting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His, his face just is melting as he realizes it. Steve Rogers in this issue looks like an absolute goon. Like. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with his face. He looks like the goon. Yeah, he has like a huge nose, huge ears, and these like Blonde nasal, eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, nasal labial folds, which is like, <laughs> I mean, that's what they're called. But you know what I'm talking about? Like they're yeah. huge. He's got like jowls. Yeah, that's the art's not great. It's, not it's what it was. But as far as um, the issue, it, it felt a lot like an X Men '90s X Men thing, where they're like yeah. on the run from the government, right? Um, it kind of did have a very 90s X-Men art feel. Especially with the Sentinels. And, and well, that, and just, like, the digital shiny coloring. Everything yeah. was, like, super yeah. purple. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely tell that the artwork here was digitally and computer-drawn. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was an um, afterthought. Yeah. it was. I was not impressed by the art. No, no, no I'm not. Plot-wise, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. this this sort of guy who has an agenda against the heroes. I love putting how, control of Shield. I love how after the event with these with the Sentinels, they're like, "All right, we can't do like these Sentinels anymore. We have new, better <laughs> yeah. Sentinels, and they're just more fucking <laughs> terrifying than the first ones. Sorry, and they have like teenagers inside them, which is like <laughs> yeah. a super dark thing that." probably would also happen like yeah. send civilians to fight the avengers because you know they're gonna hold back yeah and that's exactly what happens yeah well and was it a generational thing where you couldn't send the the shield agents that had fought alongside exactly. some of these heroes right 
So you want to pick people who don't have a memory of what they've done for right. humankind. They're younger the and they're indoctrinated in this idea of like, listen, they're criminals. Well, they're, and that's, they're breaking the law. It's like a post that's 9-11. Exactly yeah, I was going to say it's like 18-year-olds signing up after 9-11. They're calling Captain America a traitor. Yeah. Well, f*** you, kid. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. And I mean, um, so it plays out much like they expected. The, the superheroes hold back. The Sentinels, whatever you want to call them, don't. Uh, and it, it basically the superheroes are being knocked off one by one. And then the only person who sort of raises, you know, what do you call it? Like the alternate opinion inside the government is Rhodey, which makes sense. Right, Wish he had done right. it sooner. <laughs> um, but he's like, listen, I was an Avenger. And I'm like, yeah, you were. Why did you let all these <laughs> Avengers die before you spoke up? And then Cap, I love that part where Cap forgives him. He's like, yeah, you did all this terrible stuff, but you were an Avenger, so we're still friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Once an Avenger, always an Avenger. <laughs> um, but like, like, um, well, then he gets shot in the head. So. Yeah, he does. Get Dark. Shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. Like Sean said about, you know, in that I, that first issue that this was the first appearance of that specific armor. Captain America is in this Iron Man suit that's red, white, and blue. Yeah, that was And cool. this was before the Iron, Iron Patriot, Patriot came out. So like, yeah, that is a, a thing that was seeded in What If first. And it's very cool. Like when, yeah. I mean, the art is goofy. Yeah. Yes. But like when I first, well, I read this when it came out because I was reading Civil War when it came out. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, And then I forget how this one wraps up because I went right into the next one. Well, they, then they bring out the Thor clones. Right, yeah. yeah. That's what oh, it was. yeah. And I, I thought that this was really, um, again, the body count. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know really who's left. Yeah. And and, and the very fact that Wasp is one of the, the, the last ones left. <laughs> what the hell? Nobody nobody <laughs> picked her off in the beginning? I yeah. Um, I, I, go ahead. I, I just, I, I, you know, the one... I. A good day of uh, a bad day of fishing still beats a good day of work. This issue, well, it has a lot of holes. It has a lot of really good stuff in it too. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not done with the deftest hand, the lightest touch. Um, but I think the ideas that it carries across are fun. I like the idea of um, you know, these clones are like a weak, you know, version of Thor. They're like maybe 30, 40 percent right. of what Thor can do. However, Thor always held back against mortals. These aren't. These are like mad dogs. That's a cool idea. They do say it like four times, which is probably a bit too much. Like, I get right. it. Yeah, we got it. We got it. But, but then, they, then she one is snapping She-Hulk's neck. Yeah. yeah. That, there's a panel where they're like executing heroes. That's right. pretty dark and pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, and basically they all have to band together. How does it wrap up? I'm Jeff. I'm forgetting that's, the end. That's right? where Rhodey dies, like right at the end. Uh-huh. And does Cap die? No, I don't think so. I think it no, basically... no, he doesn't. That's the what if because right. he doesn't die. Yeah. Anyways, it was fun. I like the next issue better. Yeah. So this this series is bookended by a couple short pages, um, drawn by Ed Brubaker and illustrated by somebody better than who illustrated the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, did some Daredevil stuff because Tony's visiting Cap's grave and he's visited right. by like this, the watcher. this watcher. Yeah. Character and that give, stuff is better. Two what ifs. And then um, the second what if is I lost the page. God damn it. It's basically the conceit of it is what if Steve and Cap teamed I up. I mean, what if Tony and Cap teamed up and like, yeah. basically talked it out instead of having a civil war? Yeah, it, they yeah. call it what if Iron Man lost the civil war? Right. Which I would say is not what happened. Uh, well, he kind of it's, it's a real detente, early on, detente. right in the beginning. He like quits he sort of up. yeah 
I mean, so then they work together. Right. Um, I would say he sort of won the Civil War, though, with his words, because in that moment, what happened in real comics is that Cap tricked Tony and just disabled his armor with that thing in his handshake. Yeah. Yeah. But because Tony opened up to him and was like, listen, I really need your help. Like, I think we should do this, but I don't think I can do it without you. That made Steve change his mind. And that is what altered the course of history. And although that would not lead to a fun Civil War miniseries. No, it only led to half an issue of one comic. But it was way more of an, like an upbeat, like positive outlook on the future of Marvel history. Right. It's where you would have liked to have seen it go. Um, Especially that whole Civil War arc in the comics um, was really, it was so drawn out. Yeah. And by the they time so he many got to the too. end of it, and and you know now Cap is dead on the on the steps. Yeah, mm. uh, you, you just and that and that's where this picks up is where Tony right. Stark is at the the memorial for it. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of this is where you'd like to have seen it go. Right. Of course, then Marvel wouldn't have soaked you for yeah. every crossover title right. and. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one because. Out of all the issues that we read, this is the one that has, like, the most happy ending. Yeah. I mean, in that multiverse. Uh, we're still left on a down note because we're back with Tony yeah, at Steve's Cap- grave. Yeah, America is still dead at this point. And there's that really sort of beautiful sequence between Tony and the Watcher where he's like, um, I understand why you struggle to see all eventualities, but you can only see one, but at least you can affect it. I'm destined to see all eventualities and not affect them. So I, I really like that sort of summary. Um, I think that's Tony's quest is to see all eventualities and choose the correct path. Unfortunately, he doesn't always make the right decision. Right. But yeah. All right. So final thoughts, Dan? I mean, this is an easy one. Like, I, I really enjoyed <laughs> all Do you want to give any pushes or were you talked into it? Well, what I'm curious about, which... Uh, <laughs> You guys can sort of tell me more about is um, where is what if now aside from the cartoon series? So I, I I really don't have a good answer because I don't collect new comics. Anymore. Right, you're not. There, going to the store I mean, every week. on Wikipedia there is a list of everything, and yes. like around when we were doing our last podcast and stuff, there was every year there was like four or five issues that came out. Uh, they weren't numbered. They were just like, what if Civil War? What if Planet Hulk? And those are structured more like this, where they're like, here's a couple different outcomes. Right. Or like, um, and, and stories that you're familiar with. Too. And, I, I, and I think that they do, they have still made some in the last few years, but I haven't been reading comics. I think it's more based around whatever event Marvel has going yeah. on. Right. There's probably usually like, event based. What if Siege, blah, blah, blah. Right. right. Uh, what if uh, they didn't win in Atlantis attacks? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, the the first one that started off, and Jimmy mentioned it before, was the um, Peter Parker getting married to Mary Jane. Right. That's the one that I remember oh, that, saying. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's right. You brought that up. Um, and again, that was a start of variant covers, too. Yes. Um, thank you very much, Marvel, because we put out a, a, a comic book that, you know, they're getting married. One where they're wearing a tux and she's wearing a bridal gown and one where he's in costume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we all had to pick up, you know, two issues of each. Yeah. Of the same comic. That's right, yeah. And I'm sure that cover has also been parodied many, Absolutely. many times. And it was parodied in the, in the what if. Yeah. Oh, but sorry. yeah, there's well over 100 issues. Like he said, the first run, 
which they did. I don't know if they came out monthly or whatever, but it was like volume one of what if goes into the fifties. Yeah. And then they, they did some um, sporadically over the next 20 years or so. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of what ifs that cover a lot of stories or just ideas. There's some like really weird ones too, that you wouldn't think of. Or just like, I think there was one where like the X-Men are in Russia as well, or no, the Fantastic Four. And that came out maybe before Red Sun did. Mm. So it was like that kind of uh, cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I really require a final push. (laughs) You guys could just ask me the (laughs) question. Sean, would you like to ask Dan the only question that matters? Dan, did we talk you into what if? Yes, I mean uh, it was enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> also, it was weird hearing you call me Dan and not Daniel. That's a podcast uh, well, separation uh, wow. from family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed all this. I I will say that I wish. Um, I hope that m- as I read through them, there's more higher caliber talent than what we saw with the Civil War issues. There is. There that, is. I yeah. picked that because of the topic. And that was a good choice because I was pretty into Civil War. Like, I read all that. I have a pretty good memory of... Yeah, so if you can see here, like, Volume 1 ran from 77 to 84. Volume 2 was 89 to 98. And then Volume 3 through 9, they just kind of do, like, by year. Right. And then there's different... The most recent one was came out in 2018. So... Feels like... Like Uncle Sean said, they publish them to coincide with events, you know, um, which I'm fine with. Uh, And... The original series, the core series, I think is the most pure mm-hmm. just in the because they weren't they weren't promoting anything. It was just a unique idea that it's they just pursued. A what if? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, like we talked about earlier, I was able to download the omnibus or omnibuy, as Jeff so eloquently put it, <laughs> from Hoopla um free. I encourage everyone, if you have a library card, to check that out. A lot of access to free comic books. Um so I definitely will skim through that. I've already looked through like what if, you know, yeah, the there's, titles. O- there's over 200 issues total. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to sit down and read all those, but I will certainly like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll check it out. We talked about off mic um, that there's like a funny one. What if issue from that first. There's a volume. Couple. Yeah, I think it's issue 30. Something um, like that. Yeah. Uh, my younger son, Brennan, is is starting to get into what if um, he would he actually hunted for that throughout the whole terrific con yeah mm. i think he bought three issues um he bought the 30 he bought the what if um hulk mm-hmm. had re- and here's another big story that was crossed over in the mcu what if hulk had maintained his bruce banner intelligence intelligence yeah right. that was a what if yeah that's cool so yeah i could definitely see myself pursuing some of the ones that i'm interested in and i'm really stoked for the cartoon especially you know since they gave it a little bit more gravitas by saying you know, these are ideas of the multiverse um, and that we could see more of them in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping more for an Agent Carter or a, a Ravager Black Panther than a Marvel Zombies. I don't care as much about that, but we'll see where it goes and what the fans like and what they don't like. In the meantime, Jimmy, yes. where can you find the podcast online? You can find the podcast at Talk Me Into at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com, where you can rate and review the show, which you can also do on Apple and Podcasts, just FYI. We so, should also plug so what's we coming won't up next. be able to read it. Well, yeah, you messed up. The I order. messed up. Yeah. yeah Jimmy, uh, next week, is talking us into... 
Oh, awesome video games? Yes, he's yeah. asking. Oh, well, I thought we were going to change the... Why fine. did I think this was called Video Games Awesome? That's it's a both. different show. Oh, Jimmy. They I'm do the same thing. Of this. It's the same people. <laughs> they just change it. I'm terrified of this. But yeah, it's it's Awesome Video Games. It's a show. We'll talk about it more on the next episode. Be afraid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh... Jeff, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram at Magic the Clipping, where I post pictures that I find online of other people with disgusting fingernails. Sean's laughing, so we got a fan. Uh, yeah. I had to make sure my nails were clean yeah. before I came in. I don't want Jeff to put me on his Instagram page. You can have dirty nails, just don't take selfies of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's Pokemon cards, there's Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I got one I'm saving up right now. It's a top Trump card, baby. Nice. Oh, Dan, nice. where can people find you online? Uh, you could find me on Twitter, uh, tweeting under the name Danny underscore Breakdown. And if you like pop punk mixed with uh, 90s hardcore, check out my, my band, Disqualifier. We're on all the things, Spotify, all that. Just look up Disqualifier. Uncle Sean, you have anything you want to plug, promote? You want people to follow you? No. Okay. <laughs> You don't want to follow him. You sure don't. Oh, you can contact him through through Jimmy if you have any yeah. questions. I have a really awesomely not used Twitter account. Yeah. I'm on my CB radio in my basement <laughs> talking to other truckers driving by. You could just give out your address and ask people for handwritten yeah, letters. Right. That'll work out well. Yeah. If you want to talk to Five Star Sean, follow me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where I'll I'll pass the messages on <laughs> along. Yeah, we didn't even get into the old OG son of a fitch versus the... Oh, boy. Multiple son of a fitches in this room. I know. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Games awesome videos. Yep. (laughs) Three words, different orders, same people. Sweaty ears. Jeff, can you talk? I can. Can you hear me? A little soft. A little soft. Can you hear me? You know how I get loud, baby. That's true. Okay. What if? You're good. (laughs) What if I used a mic correctly? All right. Just talking to guys in the back. Gary? (laughs) Want me to start this? Gary! Or Jeff, do you want to start it? You can start it. Okay middle of it and i just i just started noticing that yeah you probably want to bring the mic a little bit closer to your mouth i'll get right up on there right up i can lean in yeah Yeah, there you go so do you have uh something you could be talking yourself into this week sure i i do okay i do cool we can go in the same order that we just did that jimmy sean jeff dan sure We've never done that before, but it's fine. What? It's usually somebody else will introduce the next. Oh, sure. I don't know how it works. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do it, Jeff. Dan is just really bad at this whole entire thing. (laughs) So, well, I mean, you know how this works. We'll pretty much just talk about, like, how you got into it. This is a weird one because Jeff and Jimmy are into it too. So I'm the only one who's not really read what if. You've never really read what if? No. Oh, shit. We'll get into that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, Jeff, you want to bring us in or, or you did the last no, one? Jimmy yeah. can because it's, it's his guest dad. <laughs> it's my guest dad. <clears throat> Is there a not guest dad? Just random dad show. I kept it a secret that you were going to be a guest from my dad until last night. And he's, 
pissed. He'll probably walk by with his <laughs> he's, he's been on the show. He did the Springsteen episode. I know. What the f***? He's like, he's got two now. I need a second one. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't a, that wasn't an appearance. That was me dying of COVID at my house. Oh. Yeah. When Jimmy sent us that episode, I was like, I had listened to the first half so already. So I skipped ahead to try to find <laughs> out where I left off. And then I got to your segment. So I like just forwarded, let go. And I didn't know that you had sent him something. So I thought it was like Dan talking, but you, you speak slower and your voice is deeper. And I was like, did Jimmy f this up? Did he like slow it down? And like, I fast forward a little bit and slow down. I was like, I don't remember him talking about this at all. And then I rewound and I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so you want to just tackle these in that order? Yeah, yeah that's fine with me. Dan, you can bring it in and start. Let me just pull up. I don't have a I lot took of zero notes. notes. I took a few. I um, I even took a few notes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, on a notepad. On a notepad. That's well, these exciting. last few episodes, when I haven't taken any notes, it's been working out pretty well for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> except for like music stuff, I'll I have, have to, to show notes. you the three pages of notes I took on Rescue Me. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then you did. <laughs> That's funny. I barely even got to read these. I. I had a re I re literally read them while taking a shit and in the shower last night. <laughs> Not the same time, it was separate <laughs> times. I read them yesterday. Yeah, me too. And I know that Dan didn't either because I rented the second book from the library. You know I didn't what? Aren't you using Hoopla to read the what ifs? My own Hoopla account though. Oh, I thought you were using mine. No. What the f is Hoopla? Hoopla is uh an ebook resource that you can get free ebooks with your library card. Yeah. And they have a lot of comics. Yep. We've been using it for a lot of episodes. I'll have to give me a library card. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that, that. I was using Jeff's initially because my library card had expired, but before vacation, I got it renewed. So hmm. nice. 